Nuggets Warriors game tonight. And of course, we're coming to you from Studio A, where today the A stands for a bit early, as in this is a bit early for this conversation, but early is a good thing in these types of conversations. We'll get to that here in just a second, but first a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer, and they have a lot to offer, including 750 total classes. 45 plus online and hybrid programs. There's really something for everyone over there. So check them out over at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what is going on? Like you said, Ryan, big, big playoff game in Bronco or for the Nuggets tonight. The bar is going to be popping. And we got Carter here joining us live for the first time. Welcome, Carter. Welcome, welcome everyone who's tuning in live or on the podcast. Hell side. yeah. If you're listening on Twitter live, uh, be a real one. Switch over to YouTube. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way in and join the party because you can get in the comment section. We'll talk maybe about your comments. You can leave super chats, of course, and we'll definitely talk about them. Um, but yeah, I wore my lucky nugget shirt today. Um, six and one, six and one all time in the playoffs when I wear this shirt. Mm. Uh, so, you know, uh, so where I, do you go if they lose tonight? Um, <laughs> I just give up shirtless <laughs> just give up just okay yeah. yep down 3-0 yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's over yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it was a good season good run yeah. fun, fun times hopefully in 24 mm-hmm. hours we're not talking about that yeah exactly mm-hmm. um like i so the one loss i have on this shirt is sun's game three last mm. year oh, and after that oh, it was just oh. like oh well i'm not gonna pull it out again right so, so that's this is the first time yeah but that's a similar um, after a couple of losses on the road looking a little overmatched Yep. That is a frighteningly similar situation to the one that stands there tonight. So It is. I, yeah. I get now, you know what? If I I would have probably done the same thing. I literally keep track of of Braves hats in terms of their record. Yeah. So I understand completely what you're doing here. You guys are yeah. absolutely crazy. Yes, yeah, we well, are. I, we I are. literally said on Twitter, yeah. I keep track of this stuff because I'm a dumb idiot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say crazy, dumb idiot. That's yeah. kind of a different way of saying that. Yeah, I, like I want to feel like I have some control mm-hmm. over something I have absolutely no control over. <laughs> At least you know. At <laughs> yes. least you know. Yeah, then but it's respectable. The numbers speak for themselves. There you go. There you go. Seven, Seven and, and one. one coming up. Seven and one. <laughs> Gonna go, yeah. Gonna go to you know, uh, take it all the way to the finals with this shirt potentially. Do you wash it in between? Yes, of course. Okay, okay, yeah, of course. So you do not want not washing the shirt to be a part of the superstition. No. So you just you just took forestall- care of that early, right? You just forestall that by washing it every time after every game, and then so that's just your default. What happened was I wore it game f- five of the Jazz series. Yeah, that was the first time I wore it. Nuggets obviously come back. I didn't wear it game six, not because I mm. because I just didn't know if it's powers mm. yet. Wore it game seven. Boom, powers mm-hmm. are back. Powers are back. You're thinking two. We go into the Clippers series. 
Down 3-1 again. Got to go. Desperate times, desperate measures. Get it quick through the wash. Well, i got to ask, how did you not whip it out for the first uh, four games of that series? I don't think I fully understood. Uh, and I was thinking like, well, I'll pull it out if I need it. Game five. Boom. Game five hits again. Then I'm like, can't wear it game six. That could be bad luck because mm. I didn't wear it game six last series. Right. Game seven, wear it again. Mm. It works. Uh, and then I don't. I, I think I might be a little off on the record because I don't remember. I blacked out during that Lakers series. Uh, I don't remember if I wore it or not. Um, but I, if I did, I probably would have worn it twice. So then it would probably be seven and two. Yeah. I don't. I honestly just don't remember. That's so. still a great record for mostly postseason as well. Right. That's an, exactly. That's another. That's another thing. The lucky shirt will sometimes have a loss. Of course. You don't you don't toss, there's no such thing as a perfect shirt. Right. You don't toss it out when there's a loss, but you come back to it pretty quickly. So when do you Once toss you it was, out though? When do you do losses? I don't own any oh, shirts under five hundred. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you burn them. Once they if they start off on a loss, yeah. I probably won't wear them again. Ever. In the playoffs. I think okay. I'll give a Braves hat like ten shots. Mm. If like if a Braves hat was 0 for ten, I'd then I'd, it would be retired. Just burn but, it. Yeah, but if it but if it has like ten losses and like eighteen wins or something like that, yeah, that's fine. No, that's okay. Or even <laughs> even like five hundred. I'm like, oh, I can you know I can live with that. It's it's right. It's like, the law. It's it's the extreme negative. Right. My Jamal my Jamal Murray jersey that matches like the same style as this yeah. shirt. It has like a solid winning record. Not quite like this one, but I was like, oh, I'll, I'll bust it out game two. Took the loss. But uh, you know, I was saving the powers for the dire, the dire do you, Yeah. Do you adjust for quality of opponent? Sometimes you want to get, uh, you know, you want to get a shirt to win against a weak team. I mean, so what? What you guys are saying now is next week the draft doesn't matter, training camp doesn't matter, regular season doesn't matter, as long as you guys pick out the right shirts and hats come middle of January, that's what's going to matter for these Denver Broncos. Yeah, well, I spent so many years in the press box, I haven't really determined what my, like, mm, lucky Broncos true. lineup is. True. So it's going to be a lot of trial and error this year. Now, there's been, there's yeah. been no playoffs since you've been covering the team right. where you've been able to, to work with this. Was the bolo tie lucky or unlucky? I mean, the Broncos lost, like, every game, so okay. it's probably yeah, unlucky. unlucky. That's, yeah. that's a shame. Yeah, it that's is a, real a shame. shame. All right, let's uh, get into our conversation here. Uh, and it's all about the dough it's mm. all about money it's all about the guys who are going into this season looking to be unrestricted free free agents next year the guys who are on contract years and while i said at the beginning it's a bit early for this conversation it's never too early to re-sign a player that you want here long term and you are convinced that you're going to have here long term and as we saw with Cortland sutton and as we saw with tim patrick the earlier you do it the better price you get so Zach, do you want to go through the guys first, or do you just want to get us rolling on the list? Yeah, let's go through these guys because there's really a couple of big names and then some lesser names. And the two biggest names, one we've talked about a lot, and if you want to hear that full detail, we talked about him last week a ton. Bradley Chubb, we've talked about how his number could be as high as $25 million, or after this year, he could be on a one-year $5 million prove-it deal. Another guy who could be on a monster deal after this year, Draymond Jones. We've talked about him being involved in so many different trade packages for quarterbacks and things in the past. 
because he's a damn good football player, because yep. he's a young, valuable piece. And if he explodes this year, which we'll talk about in a second, he could be worth a ton. All three of your right tackles this year are on one-year deals, and they'll all be unrestricted free agents. Billy Turner, Tom Compton, Calvin Anderson, Dalton Reisner, a starting offensive lineman, uh, Malik Reed, Kareem Jackson, Mike Boone. So those are the names that we're talking about. But I think after we've since we've talked about Bradley Chubb, I think the name that we need to talk about the most right now is Draymond Jones, because we talked to him earlier this week, and I got to say, man, Draymond Jones is a really good player. He has a chance to become a, a almost borderline superstar from the defensive line wow. this year. The Broncos believe he can do that. He believes he can do that, and he says his goal this year for a second year in a row is 10 sacks if you're getting 10 sacks from the interior defensive line, you are getting paid. You are viewed as a star in this league, yep. uh, mm-hmm. and his his price is going to skyrocket. Yeah, and right now, the fifth highest paid interior defensive lineman in terms of per year value is Jonathan Allen of Washington, and he's at 18 million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And if he has, if Draymond Jones has double digit sacks, just hey, it's his turn to get paid. Yep. You probably can expect a contract of at minimum seventeen million dollars a year, probably higher than. We that. always say one million dollars a sack until you get to double digits. Then it instantly goes to two million dollars a sack. But also, yeah. it's different on the interior than on the edge. For sure. I mean the sure. in, the interior pass rushers. If you're double digit on the interior, yeah. well, it's more valuable and it's and it's a rarer skill set. Right. Yeah. It it is. Andre Jones is also good against the run, so it's not yeah. like he's just a one trick pony and you're only going to pay him for it for one of those. And so people are saying, well, ten sacks. That sounds like a ton come from the interior, and it is. Mm-hmm. But two years ago, his second year in the league, he had six and a half sacks pretty darn good last year he had five and a half sacks but what he did toward the end of the season was incredibly well at the end of the season from week eight on he had those five and a half sacks so if he's able and, and he was asked well what happened to allow you to click toward the end of the season he said I, my jumper just got hot you know it's just like in basketball uh. you, you just feel it and, and I was just feeling it if he does that, and let's say the first half of this season, he's looking at five and a half sacks through the first eight games of the season. Oh boy, you're in you, trouble. You you, mm. you are in trouble because yeah. a discount, even though he hasn't hit that ten sacks yet, his agent's not going to be fooled and say, okay, yeah, we'll just count it as a five and a half sack season. No, no, no. They're going to say we're we're looking at eleven, twelve sack season. You got to pay us now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the. I, I I honestly think the move is start these talks now. I agree. Yeah. Especially if you believe in the kid. You know, this is what I never understood about John Elway's approach. It's like, okay, you draft these guys. You want to keep them around. You're super high on them. Yeah. Why would you not sign them up early? Because yep. they might get hurt. I'm not defending <sighs> it. I'm saying... That's part of the thought, the process. And Mace, you're you're right on that, and especially not defending it because I'm not going to defend that. Yeah. But to me, that's just playing scared. Yes. I mean, regardless of with you whether you sign a guy up now or later, there's always a chance that he can get hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Any second. I mean, uh, the Broncos signed Theo Riddick. He got hurt mm-hmm. like three days into yeah. wearing his jersey. Never Th- played again. Thank you, Kevin Hogan. Yes. For hanging him out to dry. Now, actually, thank you, Vic Fangio, for thinking Drew Locke needed to like earn his position as the right. number two quarterback. Right. Who was the linebacker, a former first-round pick that the Broncos signed maybe two training camps ago that literally got... He was Mark, a uh, Mark Barron. Barron. Mark Barron. He got hurt his first <laughs> practice when he was with the Broncos. Didn't play again for them for the rest of the year. Still got paid. 
Yeah, I mean, you cannot think about injuries, especially for guys who don't have an injury history. If guys have an injury history, I totally get it. And in in my opinion, I would probably never commit to those guys long term. Yeah. You know, you just keep doing one year deal, one year deal. If you can keep them around, if they go, then they go. Um, but for Draymond, who's been largely healthy, um, he is not a guy where you're thinking, oh, gosh, what's the next thing that's going to happen? I don't want to give him a contract. So sign him up now. Sign him up before the season, especially because of something we've talked about so much for pass rushers. The formula, baby. Yeah. You're going to be up early in games, and you're going to be able to let those guys pin their ears back. Go look through the league at all of the guys who lead the league in sacks. None of them are on bad teams because it's really hard to rush from behind when you don't, you know, when you don't know what the other team's going to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> TJ Watt, though, at least they're, you know, they're at in worst. games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let me. All right. So, so let's go through some contracts here. If you do get him done early, what do you think you can get him at? Because right now, the top defensive interior lineman is Aaron Donald, $22.5 million. League average. of his own. Okay. Yep. Leonard Williams, 21. DeForest Buckner, 21. Eesh. Chris Jones, 20. Jonathan Allen, 18. Vita Vea, 17.75. Kenny Clark of the Packers, 17.5. Grady Jarrett, 17, Cam Hayward, 16.4, and then tied for 10th defensive interior lineman J.J. Watt and Fletcher Cox at $14 million a year. And though, and, and think about it with Cox and Watt, those guys, they're 32 and 33. Yep. Yep. Cam Hayward is 33. If you're Draymond Jones and George Payton comes to you and says, hey, let's talk contract now. What number do you have in your mind that you can get on the open market, and what are you willing to take to kind of give you, you know, security. the assurance and security here? That that's so, the because I, I think I don't think he would take a dime today below fourteen million dollars. Okay, and that's year. actually the number I was looking that's at. The exact number yeah. that I had in my head too. But <laughs> if he has a ten sack season and you get him for fourteen mil a year, you get him done. We're talking about. What a bargain the Broncos got. Right. Exactly. Right. And 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 when I said he could become a superstar, mm-hmm. I kind of meant that category right behind Aaron Donald. I don't think it's crazy to say that he could be viewed as a Chris Jones, mm-hmm. as a Leonard Williams in terms of impact if he has 10 sacks this season. Uh, and so I think that's kind of where you're looking at if he does have 10 sacks. So you're right, Mace. You'd be getting a $6 million discount mm-hmm. on him if you sign him up now to $14 million. But then let's say he comes out and he has six sacks. That's a that's a good season, really good season from an interior defensive lineman. But is that worth $14 million? And then if he has that this year too, then he's really proved himself as a six-sack kind of season guy because he had five and a half, six and a half, six this year. That's a lot of money to be paying for a really good player but not a great player. So could you go to him though right now and say, hey, you know, obviously the contract negotiations aren't this simple, but it's hey, million dollars a sack is the going rate. We'll give you two million dollars per sack you had mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. Give you twelve million dollars over three years, thirty-six million dollar contract. What do you think? Twenty-four million guaranteed. Twenty-four million guaranteed. That would that would be hard for Draymond to in mm-hmm. my perspective, that'd be hard for Draymond to pass up. Now, obviously, something that I'm not taking into account is these guys believe in themselves. And Draymond Jones is a very confident guy. And one of the things he was asked, the very first question he was asked, actually, was how would you rate your performance last year? And he said, I'd say about a seven and a half. I left a lot of money out there last year. Mm -hmm. 
So he's thinking about money. He's thinking about the millions that is going to be on the table. So I think it would be hard for him to pass up $24 million guaranteed. I don't think he would be afraid to pass that up. And that's good um, because remember now, you know, the, the Broncos are in a Super Bowl window. Um, so having a guy like that who's super motivated thinking 10 sacks means $20 million, then it's going to be good for you this season. Now it's going to complicate things long term. Uh, which is why I think you know you would be like you'd be willing to go to the table right now, in my opinion, and say, "All right, we'll give you 12. And if he counters with fourteen, I think you take that deal. Sure, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And it's it, everyone in the Broncos organization really truly believes in Draymond Jones. So I think they truly believe that that ten sack goal of his isn't crazy. So I think they would be viewing him as more of that player than more of the six million dollar player. And so I think they would view that they'd be getting a deal as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting scenario because you're right. You you feel like you're getting a deal until he has another six sack season. And you're like, okay, this is a six sack guy. Although right. at the same time, you think of six sacks a year. That's kind of Derek Wolf back in the day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the Broncos gave him a contract back in January of 2016, it was a four year deal. The average per year was 9.175. Of course, we've seen the salary cap go up, yeah. and the acceleration of that rise is going to uh, is going to hit another level here in 23 and 24. So. If you kind of see where the cap is going, 14 mil a year for six sack a year interior defensive lineman, well, effectively in terms of percentage per of your cap, that's pretty close to what you were paying uh, Derek Wolf from yeah. 2016 to 2019. It, it's a good point, Mace, but a big difference between that 2016, 2017, 2018 teams and now is no cost control quarterback. And you don't have that luxury to be spending money left and right on these other positions. And right now, where the Broncos are projecting for next year's cap, they only have $11 million in cap space. Now, they could free up some money by potentially getting a Russell Wilson deal done, bring his cap down right now. It's at $27 million. You could bring that down, but then you know what's going to skyrocket in the next coming years. You also uh, could open up $10 million by moving on from Garrett Bowles, but then that creates a problem at left tackle. Graham Glasgow you're going to open up $11 million if you move on from him. So there are going to be places to get money, but it's not like you're going to have $50 million to work with. You're you're going to have to pick and choose. choose, And the Broncos are going to be at this point where if they want the $50 million quarterback, which is something we've wanted for so long, you're not going to be able to keep every single person. And Draymond Jones, Bradley Chubb, let's say they both have great seasons. You're probably going to have to pick and choose. Yep, yep, they're going to have their ears pinned back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys are pass rushing all of the time. Yep. Because something exactly. we talk about once a day. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So you think about cap savings, and maybe that's something you have to take with you as you go into the draft. And maybe, for example, at 64, you need to think long and hard if there's a corner there you like about going corner at 64 because you can cut Ronald Darby a year right. from now and get $10 million yep. of cap savings. Yep. So right now, do you think the Broncos move on from Garrett Bowles after this year? I I don't either, Mace. I don't think so. Uh, So let's say, do you think they move on from Graham Glasgow to save $11 million? Unless he takes a huge restructure, yes. I would think so as well. Uh, And then Ronald Darby's the other one where you can get big money. Do you think they move on from him? Nope. Uh, I think it depends what they do in the draft. Okay. If 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 they have somebody that they draft and they feel like he's ready to start in 23 play and play every down, then I think that that is something they would take, or they would get they would try to get a significant restructure in much the same way they got on Graham Glasgow this year. The other and the other thing, of course, even though it's not a cap cap savings, 
you have to account for the for Bradley Chubb, but because but his contract doesn't doesn't factor in right now because right. it hasn't been accounted for. So that's another reason why you may have to think long and hard about if he has a big season, the old tagging trade. Yeah, potentially. And so what we're talking about is potentially the Broncos are going to have between 20 and $30 million, depending on what they do with Ronald Darby, in cap space next year. Uh, and then, again, Russell Wilson could make that a little more. But then you're going to have to pay one to two pass rushers, potentially big-time money. Boom. There, there's all your money right there. Yeah, it's gone. And that, and that's okay because the Broncos did lock up some key pieces. They don't have to pay Jerry Judy yet. They don't have to pay Pat Sertan yet. You already have Justin Simmons on a deal. But uh, we're not going to be seeing the spending sprees. Free agency is going to be a lot less quiet, especially if you're signing your own guys before. Yeah, but it is important to remember the cap is fake. It is. It is. And it's also important to remember that you could have a $70 billion owner mm -hmm. who can make the cap more fake than any other team in the league. But if it comes down to it, you really might have to decide between Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones. If, let's say they both have good seasons, $20 million for Draymond Jones, $25 million for Bradley Chubb. That's an easy answer to me who I would go with. Draymond? The mm -hmm. one that's been healthy. Right. Yeah. And, and, and especially because you're not going to be getting a one-year deal on Bradley Chubb for $25 million. If he has a huge season, it's going to be uh, $125 million over five years. Right, right. It's pretty crazy. I mean, and again, why, would you, why not sign up Bradley Chubb right now? And the reason is because he hasn't been healthy. Right. But if you're afraid of him having a 15-sack you know, season uh, and what that's going to cost you, then you could probably get him, I would say, at a significant discount now. I think so, too. Now, maybe he learns from the Shaq Barrett method, though. It's like, okay, well, mm. if I have to, I'll just go take a one-year, $5 million deal somewhere else next year. Then I'll have my big year. Then I'll secure the bag. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more players do that these days. Um, be willing to say, like, I'll, I'll do a prove-it year. Mm -hmm. And for a guy like Shaq Barrett, it made a lot of sense because he hadn't really been given all those opportunities, and he thought – the more opportunities I get, the better I'm going to play. And also, speaking of free agency and one-year prove-it opportunities, the Broncos are finally now a place where they could benefit from that, where the Shaq Barretts of the world come to Denver to prove it because it's a Super Bowl team. And one place that you need to be tonight is the DNVR bar if you're not going down to Ball Arena. Uh, and I could even make the argument that being here is better than even being at the game. It is that cool of an environment, especially for the playoffs, especially for this game. Ryan, you, you didn't shy away from it. This is a must-win game oh. for the Nuggets tonight. It is massive, and it's a Thursday night. The bar is going to be popping. Yeah, and you won't have to deal with Warriors fans here, which you will have to. <laughs> yeah. Although, la true. there were some here last game. I, ha I have to get this approved. I want to put a sign <laughs> on the door that says, no, Warriors fans not welcome. We're actually serious. Yeah, it was, it was, it was brutal. Right, well, yeah, I mean, Saturday there was like one. And he was quiet. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, he like had a sh he had like a hoodie over his yeah. Warriors <laughs> yeah. jersey, and he was respectful. Yeah. Then the other night there was like some some mouthy ones mm, where I was like, oh, I think we're just gonna set a rule now. You just yeah. can't come. There we go. It's gonna be all Nuggets fans here, and the vibes are going to be awesome. It's a late game starting at 8 p.m. So get down here early though, especially if you want to grab some food before the game. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to have a nice, calm experience, maybe it's here, maybe it's on your couch, <laughs> uh, hit up our friends over at Lightshade, uh, where you can get 25% off uh, with the code DNDR on each purchase. You can shop online, 
pick up what you want. Uh, then you just go into the store, give them the code DNVR, get your 25% off, and walk out with whatever you need. And they have the Wana Optimals Fast Asleep uh, 20 to 100 THC to CBD gummies. Uh, these things are supposed to be a huge help with sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you you know if you're looking to catch some good shut eye, check out the Wana Optimals Fast Asleep 20 to 100 gummies uh, over at Lightshade Dispensary and use that code DNVR to get 25% off your entire purchase. And also, if you're at the bar, you got to have some Breckenridge brews with you because we got them all here. But let's say you're not able to make it to the DNVR bar tonight because you're out of state. Well, go to Breck Beers Breck Locator to find out all the Breck beers and how close they are. They're all over the place, and you're going to have to have some Breck beer to celebrate a big win tonight. So check out Breck Beers Locator to find all the Breck beer closest to you. I was going to read that. I was going to do a couple of searches, show you how easy it is to find someplace. Although I did find one place in this country where it's hard to get Breck brews, but you have to go all the way to the northern coast of Alaska. Mm. Uh, but if you're in Fairbanks or Anchorage, you're golden. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Golden Jun- as in the color of beer. Yes. <laughs> a- amber golden, but uh, not so much on the North Shore of Alaska. Should we do a, a yeah. random city again? Do you have the locator up? I have the locator up, yes. So uh, give me a random city, RK. Please. Let's go with um, Sarasota, Florida. Ooh. Mm. Sarasota, Florida. I'm going to be down in that neck of the woods in a couple of months um let's see here 125 results now the cool thing about the breck beer finder is that you can distill it down to products so for example let's say you want a strawberry sky right yep or maybe you don't but i do i definitely do all right well not every place has strawberry sky but there are 12 places that do near sarasota florida yes so there you go you're covered I i looked up strawberry sky for tarpon springs florida where my parents are which is about about 50 miles or so north, and uh, yeah, there was a, wasn't was a spot that was two miles away, but there was a spot within 10 miles. Perfect. It's an easy drive. Is there tarp in there? Is that why it's called that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> although the, whole, the funny thing is that the town was known for sponge diving, a sponge harvesting industry. They would go out in boats into the Gulf of Mexico, harvest the sponges, and come back. Wow. Learn something new every day. Interesting. All right, let's move on here. Zach, who should we touch on next here? Well, right tackle. That's a position that the Broncos just continue to pay in free agency, and they don't have all three of the tackles that are competing for the right tackle job this year are all free agents after. You want to know why they keep paying in free agency? Why? Because they literally haven't even tried to draft someone at the position. Which is crazy. Garrett (laughs) Bowles is the last tackle they've drafted. It's wild. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it has to change this year. I don't know. I was thinking this year, though, you should absolutely try to get a front seven player from Ohio State. Mm, That just keeps working out. It does keep working out, speaking of Draymond Jones. Yep, exactly. Uh, And so Calvin Anderson, Billy Turner, Tom Compton. Let's say Billy Turner, who seems to be the front runner for that job right now. Let's say he plays really well. Nathaniel Hackett loves him. Billy Turner loves being with the Broncos, loves playing with Nathaniel Hackett. And let's say he, he turns out to be an average right tackle. $10 million right there. $8 Eight million dollars, right there. Yeah, that's a lot of money. When we're talking about how the Broncos right now only have eleven million dollars in cap space, not accounting for Draymond or Bradley Chubb. And then you also have Dalton Reisner, another potential starter who has shown potential to be really good in this league, and now he's back in that same system where he had the most success of his career so far. Yeah, uh, it's man. I don't. I, 
the one-year deal for Billy Turner never really made that much sense to me, just because it shows that you're not all that confident in him. Right. But why? He's 32 years old. That's pretty old. Don't offensive linemen though? They can play they can. easily until they're 35. Yeah. Depends I mean, on their injury history. Turner doesn't have much of an injury history. Right. I mean, how old was Bobby Massey last year? About the same age, right? 30. If not older. Yeah. DeMar Dotson was, was a bit older. Now, DeMar Dotson, uh, he didn't have so much an injury history as just his body was breaking down. Yeah. Like, he had, you know, he basically, there was a reason why he could pass pro, but he couldn't run block. Right. He was tall. He was very tall. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks there, Vance. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just thought two-year deal, maybe, three-year deal. Yeah. So like give yourself some sort of stability at the position. I agree. At only $5 million but with incentives. To me, it told me they are not even convinced he's going to win the starting job. Yep. And that's really interesting because it says, like, maybe Nathaniel Hackett doesn't actually love him. Right. Um, he just thought like, well, eh, if he's available, he's out there, we'll bring him in on a one-year deal, you know? Yeah. It um, shows that he likes him as a person, maybe not as much as a right tackle. And just like, a, I'm not, I don't not like him, right. uh, but mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's our long-term solution mm -hmm. there. And I think there's still internal belief that Calvin Anderson could actually be a real long-term solution. It's it's a glimmer of hope that they're hanging on to, mm -hmm. to whereas they're saying we're not even going to guarantee anyone the starting job with right. the money that we're giving them because we still think Calvin could pop at any moment. I think the Broncos are in a tough situation here. I, I don't think Tom Compton, to be fair, is, is going to emerge as like a, a, a pretty good starter and then get a big mm -hmm. contract. But let's say Billy Turner or Calvin Anderson do become that average guy. You're paying them. And you're going to be paying them a decent amount, especially for having Garrett Bowles on the other side for 18 to 20 mil. Yeah, or you just go back to the open market again. Oh, boy. And that, again, just why it makes so much sense to draft someone. But then let's say Dalton Reisner pops again, and he has a good season, and it would be a perfect time for him on a contract year. Then more money to the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's weird because – if you're paying good offensive linemen, even, you know, obviously you want to pay great offensive linemen, but if you're paying four good offensive linemen and then you have a rookie, like you're not complaining about it. No, not at all. And also I would rather invest in the offensive line than the defensive line because you got to protect Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Something that the Seahawks largely failed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, again, we can go over Russ was credited with the most sacks or whatever. You know, it's not all on the offensive line. But, like, they're starting, like, George Fant and, like, just scrubs around him all the time. Yep. I, I was pretty much starting right tackle. Yeah. I'm with Jermaine Ifedi. Yep. <laughs> uh, like, I'm just remembering watching the Seahawks games because I obviously bet on Russell Wilson pretty much every week. <laughs> and just being like, who are these guys? Every week is just another guy subpar player trying to protect Russell Wilson. I mean, if Eddie was a first-round pick back in the day. I know, but he I mean, was bad. He became bad, but yes. but at the same, they kept throwing him out there in much the same way for a while. The Broncos kept throwing Garrett Bowles out there. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was, it was two and a half years before he was a decent player at left tackle. Yeah. 2017, 2018, I mean, there was a reason why he was Garrett Holds, and he was getting beat. But first-round pick... As they said in Top Gun, when uh, Maverick uh, was in his head after the after Goose's death, keep sending him up. Mm. If you got first round pick, with the exception of Paxton Lynch, who was just awful, but in general, if they're starting, you, you keep sending him up. And that was a Fetty in in Seattle. Still think now, aside from Russell Wilson, because we're fine now, yeah. the Broncos would have been better off 
playing Paxton Lynch every game of his rookie year. It was, and that's, I typically would agree with you, but this one I have to disagree. Oh, because of the losing? You would have lost more? Right, you would right. have been out after year one, and then you could have been in on the Deshaun Watson, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. but that's not how yeah. Gary was going to view it. Yeah. It's not I mean, Gary, yeah, because there, and also, it would not have lasted that long because if because of what Paxton proved to be, and certainly one. He did well when there was the element of surprise against Tampa Bay. They had not; there was no film on him. Atlanta got Atlanta had two and a half quarters of film, and that was enough to start deconstructing Paxton Lynch. Jacksonville had a game and a little over a game and a half of, of film, and Lynch was just useless in that game. You would, if they had started Paxton Lynch all sixteen games, you would have had a locker room mutiny well, on and, your hands. And that was the biggest problem: is they thought they could win the Super Bowl that year, right? Right. They really thought that. Mm-hmm. They, they thought with average quarterbacking, they could do it. And you know what? That's where, in retrospect, they should have swallowed hard. John Elway should have said, when Colin Kaepernick said, I don't want to take a pay cut, he should have swallowed hard and said, fine. I, and bring I, him in. I completely agree. No, I'll it always agree with Would that. have worked out differently for everybody. Back yeah. to undrafted guys. Yes. Or, or not yeah. undrafted guys. I'm sorry. I was thinking guy. of the next guy who is undrafted, Malik Reed. Man, it really seems like he is set for a hopefully a Shaq Barrett type of situation. It does not seem like the Broncos are going to pay him, want to pay him, or are going to have the means to pay him, honestly. He's too small. He's not strong enough at the point of attack yeah. like Shaq. That's yeah. the big difference between the two. He's, I think he's undervalued still. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be an every single down type of player that gets $18 million like Shaq, but I do think he has a place in this league, and I do think it's he's going to have an even better opportunity somewhere outside of Denver, and he's going to get paid more too. Maybe it's not $18 million, Maybe it's $5, 6000000 million from somewhere, but it, I think it's going to be somewhere else. Yeah, he, he's, a fringe, he's a fringe starter rotational guy, and there are some, there are some teams in the league that will look at him and say, yeah, he's maybe we start him for a year or two until we kind of find some somebody else. The thing is, you can probably get equivalent production out of Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, because well, you have you, I him, think you, get better you have si- you have him sitting in the wings as well. The presence of Cooper is probably why Malik Reed isn't even a hundred percent to be on the fifty-three when the season starts. Well, and Jonathan Cooper, I think, could be the reason why Bradley Chubb isn't back. Mm, that would be kind of learning from mm-hmm. uh, the what mm-hmm. you had with Shaq Barrett. It would be, be the opposite. Instead of paying Von Miller to stay here, it would be you would you would be uh, you would just be promoting the guy from within. Right, and, and the reason I believe that is because Draymond Jones doesn't have someone waiting in the wings behind him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. There isn't the next big thing behind Draymond Jones. So you keep mm-hmm. Draymond Jones, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, it's easy to forget. In bursts, he was incredible last I'll, year. I'll tell you what. There's someone with much more football knowledge than, than myself and very smart, has seen a lot over the years, that looks at Cooper and Chubb and thinks that Cooper will have the better career. Mm, and that's kind so, of what we were talking yesterday. Yeah. So I'm he, just he, saying that opinion is out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I think there. You know, the Broncos could do some projecting on Jonathan Cooper while also just being weary of Chubb's injury history. And just saying, like, we know we have to kind of pick between one of these two and Chubb and Draymond. Let's pick the one that has been a little bit more healthy and consistent. And let's roll the dice on Jonathan Cooper, who, you know, he doesn't have, like, a Malik Reed issue where I have a hard time imagining Malik Reed ever being good against the run. Right. He's, he, he just gets 
tossed around. I mean, he's small. You're right. He is yeah. legitimately small. It's why he was undrafted. Yeah. Um, whereas Jonathan Cooper is a built dude. Like, he mm-hmm. can figure it out against the run. And mm-hmm. he only dropped because of the heart condition. Yep. If he ha- has a clean bill of health, you're talking about him being a third or fourth round pick. Maybe even higher. Also, there's mm, a... Probably not. I, I think probably his thir- third is as high as he would go. But still, a third rounder, you expect that guy to become a starter for you, ideally. Yep. Also, there's a chance that the Broncos go with 64 and go edge rusher. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. you're not going to have those guys plus Jonathan Cooper, plus Bradley Chubb, plus, uh, plus Randy Gregory. That would be a clear sign as to who's moving on next year, and it's not going to be Randy Gregory. It'd that's, be Bradley Chubb. I'll tell you what, if Ojabo drops, I mean, at what point do you start picking up the phone and maybe even move up, even though this might be a red shirt year? That might be your answer. Because you're not getting an edge rusher of Ojabo's quality uh, with a draft pick unless you trade up even two years from now. Would you give up 64 and your first third-round pick to go up to, let's say, 50 to get him? You could package, according to the draft value chart, you could go all the way up to 41, mm-hmm. 42. I think 40 is where you, maybe you start working the phone, actually, I would for that kind of deal. 100% do it. I would if as you- well. I would too. Now, would George do it? Because it's kind of the opposite. I don't know. I mean, it's not giving up too, too much. Like you're still going to have a third round pick. Now you have a, a high sec. So you you got a second and a third round pick. You know, it's I, not like you're yeah. you're you're punting away the entire first two days. Of I the think draft. you start dealing down from. I think you start dealing down uh, from those fourth round picks, one fifteen, one sixteen, mm. back to back, and you start maybe trying to turn though. You turn one of those into. You maybe turn each of them into a fifth and a seventh round pick. I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. And the reason is because then you didn't give up a first round pick in order to get yeah. Russell Wilson. You, you still got a top 10 talent, potentially yeah. a top 15 talent. So I certainly do it. Yeah. And, and again, Achilles injuries have become much more yeah. um, recoverable yep. mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Instantly. Yeah. Too. I mean, like, you know, you saw Cam Akers. Yep. What he did was shocking honestly Mm -hmm. uh, based on what we used to think about that injury Mm -hmm. but I'm in on that because again you still drafted in the second round you're still going to draft in the third round and maybe if you're if you're lucky you can give up less than that if you can give up second and your first third to get up to 41 what if you can give up second and your first fourth to get up to 50 if he's still there yeah yeah definitely you you absolutely pick up the phone at least and one thing that i like is george payton is a guy that is going to be open to doing those and it's perfect for the way that your your roster is currently constructed you have two plus pass rushers this year you know that you're going to probably be down one next year mm-hmm. and it, you have a top 10 talent waiting yep. in the wings yep. who you put no pressure on this year to do anything. You just say, Hey, look, hundred percent red shirt year. Just get healthy. We'll see you next year. Like yep. kind of like what the nuggets did with Michael Porter jr. Yep. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Although obviously his injury history was more well-documented than mm-hmm. this just one off thing. That's the risk you take. That's, I mean, I mean, because there's a valid question on MPJ. Did you give him the contract too soon? And remember, with Chris Harris Jr., the Broncos, they that, that was a case of re-signing and taking advantage of the injury history. Yeah. Because they got him done in December of 14 before he hit the market. In the in at a below of, market value. Deal. In defense of the Nuggets, they were patient with MPJ. They brought him back. He was completely fine yeah. since he started playing. And then the second you give him the contract, it pops back Man, up. Man, it's it stinks. just bad luck. Let's say the Broncos don't trade up though, 
And mm -hmm. uh, let's dive into our player profile series about who could be there at 64. And Ryan, you talked about how there's no big guy waiting in the wings right now. Well, what if there is a big guy that the Broncos draft this year? Defensive lineman Travis Jones out of Connecticut, and he's a big boy. 6'4", 325 pounds. According to our draft guys, his strengths are at the Senior Bowl and Combine. He stood out. He has a fantastic athletic profile. Well-developed hands to contribute as an inside pass rusher. His weaknesses, is he his value may be limited as a one-tech or nose tackle, an average college production. And guys, this is a guy who has really flown up the boards in the offseason since the season ended uh, because he did really dominate at the Senior Bowl, especially one-on-ones with offensive linemen. It, he just plows through them when you watch back and look at Senior Bowl tape. Uh, so this is a guy that would provide a huge presence on the inside, not necessarily a Draymond Jones replacement because yeah. Jones mm -hmm. is an end, but the Broncos need someone at the middle. They have Mike Purcell this year. They could easily move on from him after this year. But speaking of guys you can't count on, I'm not counting on Mike Purcell this year because right after he signed his contract, past two years he's been very injured. Man, you get a guy like Travis Jones on the inside, your defensive line went from, uh, okay, you have a good piece there. What else is there to you're set? I'll tell you what, one thing that you like about Travis Jones is he does rise to the occasion because you mentioned the senior bowl. I thought his best game last year was against Clemson mm. as well. And, you know, for a UConn, pro a UConn program that is really uh, in kind of full retreat in a lot of ways, uh, some uh, you want a guy at that level to be the classic example of somebody that if you don't know their number, you don't know their name, and you watch the film and say, oh, well, this guy's making plays. That's Travis right. Jones. Right. Like, you don't – like, and then you know, he's easily identifiable as someone who is at a high level. And when you see that from an interior defensive lineman, it really jumps out even further because sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult to, to distinguish yourself. I mean, the only thing that you're kind of concerned about is sort of the, uh, the, the positional value Tweener, for the draft but, here. Yeah. I mean, because let's say he ends up settling as a nose, a, a nose tackle, which is probably his likely fit in this scheme. How often is that nose going to play? Is he going to be more than a 40 to 42% guy in terms mm. of snaps? And is that worth spending pick 64 on? So it's not a question of talent and ability with Travis Jones. I think it's a question of positional value at that first pick that you have, 64. But he's a little bit of a tweener in terms of his weight. Yeah, he's um, not 350. Right, right. To where you could maybe say, okay, well, we can use him, you know, in multiple different ways. Well, so then, yeah, my fifty guys are still pretty unusual at nose tackle. I mean, they're not a lot of Vita Veyas walking through that door. So then, my True. question is, though, if they do go this route, is he the Draymond Jones replacement? Because you also have DJ Jones. Uh, who, who's there, and are you really going to draft a guy in the second round with your first pick in the draft who's going to be on the bench when you go to, to Diamond Nickel because you're going to have DJ Jones and Draymond Jones? I mean, who are you taking off unless you're just viewing DJ jo or I'm sorry, Travis Jones. Boy, Jones, 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 Jones and Jones. Jones. Holy cow. Okay, this needs, to happen. this needs to happen now. But but seriously, who, who are you taking off the field? Is it going to be actually Draymond Jones because he's not part of your future? I don't know, but either way, no matter who it is i'm calling them the law firm yeah, of, even if it's the law firm of jones jones and purcell mm, yeah by the I way like it. you want to know the relative athletic score on travis jones hit me with it it is a uh, 9.4 yeah. about six so, notches too low for me uh, <laughs> he's 325 pounds <laughs> yeah. like we talked about he ran a 4.940 that's crazy and yeah Good dude yeah and a seven a, a four a 7.33 second uh three cone 
which is absurdly high for a 325 or absurdly low time for a 320. That, a 325 I mean, pounder. that kind of goes to the idea that if you could play him, you know, second and four, you could, you could potentially play him at end. Yeah, you could. But again, who are you taking off the field? I don't know. And, and that's, I think, where this position just becomes a little bit too much of a luxury with where you are right now. A defensive lineman with your second-round pick, which is your first overall pick, unless he's really your BPA there and kind of blows everyone out of the water, I don't think you end up going this route. Yeah, I'm jonesing for three ah, jones on the line. I see what you did there. That would be awesome. <laughs> it really would be awesome. And one thing that does concern me is he has kind of flown up draft boards mm. in the offseason. And those type of players always Scary. give me a little bit of hesitation. We did have Shelby Harris, Devontae Harris, and Chris Harris on the same defense at one point. Yeah, yeah. and Devontae Harris wasn't the biggest yeah. name out there. I mean, should we have Eric working on the Keeping Up with the Joneses t-shirt? Mm, potentially, you, although that's probably him. trademarked. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's something When something is such a cliche like that, isn't it? kind of in the public domain, the phrase keeping up with the Joneses? You would think. Man, there's got to be something, too, with the three Joneses weighing about 1,000 pounds, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A there's also there's a, um, a distillery here in town called the Family Jones. Oh, well, and mm. then we'd have the barbecue sauce, too. Yep, yep. <laughs> the DNVR bar times the Joneses. It could be, it could be amazing. It could pop off. I mean, uh, shouldn't shouldn't we? It'd be it'd be cool to like get DJ Jones's barbecue sauce, family barbecue oh, sauce here, and have a, yes, we're have a sandwich on. at the bar. Yeah. I, I mean, I I sent out a tweet the day he signed. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think I, I think we're we're making inroads there. There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. Anyone else we need to touch on? Uh, that's it. All right. Awesome. Um. Uh, obviously, it's been a huge problem. You know, when people talk about complain about how many Warriors fans are going to be in the stadium tonight, I have two opinions. Yeah. One, you don't get to complain unless you bought a ticket. Fair. Right? Because yep. if you didn't and you live here, then you're part of the problem. So everyone at the DNVR bar tonight's part of the problem. <laughs> they shouldn't complain about it. That's right. all I'm saying. Fair. That's Fair. all I'm saying. You, you shouldn't complain about how many Warriors fans are there because you could, you could have taken a seat from one of them. Yep, it's true. Um, two is the, the problem is not that. The problem is the TV deal. Yep. The problem is that most people can't watch these, these teams – on TV, and we have a solution for that. It's Ivaca TV, uh, which is an awesome, awesome product that will allow you to watch your hometown teams, the Avs, the Nuggets, and the Rockies. Um, it's a great deal for a great price, 25 bucks a month, um, 10 bucks a month for the receiver, which is a great deal. And when you use the code DNVR, you're going to get $10 off your first three months. We're talking about 25 bucks a month mm-hmm. to be able to watch your teams. So worth I mean, it. if you guys are anything like me, that's the only thing I watch on TV anyway. Um, so check out Ivaca, uh, go to IvacaTV.com to check it out and use the code DNVR uh, to get $10 off your first three months from Ivaca. And you've got to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental to get your teeth clean. Look, you're going to go and get your teeth cleaned anyways. You might as well go somewhere that's going to treat you fantastic, that's part of our family, and 
They'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. So you're going to go to the dentist anyways. Might as well go somewhere that's going to give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. And you can talk Denver sports with them because they're diehard Colorado sports fans. So check them out. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. And on top of that, they're part of our family. Supporting our partners is supporting us. So we'd really appreciate it as well. Check them out. Green Mountain Dental schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam for a free Sonicare toothbrush. All right. Shall we move on into the comment section? Absolutely. All right. Do we have any super chats? No super chats. Let's jump right into the comments from the subscribers of the DNVR.com. And the first comment coming in on our website is coming in from, it's popping up right now. It's coming in from Talking Schmidt says, what's up guys? Thanks for answering yesterday. I heard some Troy Anderson talk and I currently go to Montana. So it's a huge rivalry for us talking about Montana State, but... The guy is a stud. Three-time state A champ in Dillon, Montana, and was in every position on the field. He's a huge name here in Montana, and even though we have the rivalry, I would love to see him become a Bronco. My question is, is there any chance Peyton trades up in the draft, and if so, for who? Thanks, guys. Go Broncos. Yeah, we just discussed that a little bit. I think there are a couple guys that could be that. I Unfortunately, as much as I like Anderson, I don't think he would be one. I, I agree, and he could be a guy there at 64, potentially. And one of the things about Anderson, I mean, you mentioned how he played all over the field in high school. He did it in college. He was a quarterback two different times in college, which is just insane. And a running back. Yes, mm -hmm. I, which is insane to be talking about. This guy is an athletic freak. Didn't he get a 10 on, on yeah, the— his RAS. Uh, yes, his, so, his RAS. All con er, so all uh, freshman team as a running back. Insane. All conference as a quarterback, <laughs> then all conference as a linebacker, then all American as a linebacker. Insane. That that's hard to fat. Like you see the best athletes in high school do that. You mm. never see that in college. Yeah, I mean the last one I can remember who would be like similar is Miles Jack, um, who was a running back mm. and a linebacker. You're saying he was a jack of all trades. He was ah, a jack of all trades. Sorry. There was also um, Jones in for that in Denver. There was a guy at Washington, because Miles Jack was UCLA. There was a guy at Washington who did a similar thing and now balls out in, in the NFL, but I'm blanking on who it was. Could it have been Buda Baker? I don't know. Um, Maybe. But it's rare. It's definitely rare to see guys and to do it at such a high level. Mm -hmm. Basically, put him anywhere on the field. He's all-conference or all-American. And obviously, my favorite thing about him is the fact that he sees the game like a quarterback. Yeah. I think it's such a valuable thing. We always talk about how quarterback is the hardest position in sports. It's re The most is required of you, mm. in my opinion, compared to anything else, especially in the NFL, where instead of in college where you're turning and saying – uh, every you know everyone learns their job from the play call, whereas in the NFL the quarterback has to tell everyone their job in the play call. Right. Where so I don't know how they were doing it at Montana State, but either way, you see the field through a quarterback's eyes. You're just seeing things differently. Yeah. By the way, Buck Baker was a high school running back. Okay. Does that is that what you're so you're no, thinking of somebody who was like in college? Someone who played for Washington in college played both ways. Hmm. Probably not Vita Vea. No, it was not. Yeah, Vita I don't Vea. think he was running back. Gosh. Be tough to tackle. The Spencer Larson All Stars. It'll come to me. <laughs> well, next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch says, Hey guys, are there any other free agents still available that you'd like to see with Denver before the draft? CRK, I can ask things that are actually related to the Broncos. And then he has a non-Broncos question. And to round out the NFC West, what Seattle Seahawk has been scorned by Canton? 
I know the, who you're going to say. Russell Wilson. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, he's not eligible. Uh, still scorned. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the guy who's been scorned is, um, is Sean Alexander because here's a running back who, in the Super Bowl era, he is the only running back with at least six with at least six thousand rushing yards and a league MVP trophy who's not in the Hall of Fame. Was it because his his career was short? Relatively short. So kinda like Terrell Davis. Yeah, but and it, when he was playing, yeah. he was absolutely he made, a Hall of he Famer. made it ten years right. to Sean oh, Alexander okay. um and had about ninety four hundred rushing yards. But it's one of those things where we kinda have to adjust our standards a little bit to account for the fact that running backs have a shorter shelf life now that uh, unless you're Frank Gore you're not accumulating stat you're not accumulating stats because teams don't want to pay running backs they'd rather go young at running back and it's here in the 21st century so I think Alexander does get in at some point but but even then it's kind of a stretch of a snub compared to some others uh, around the league. Seattle, I think, is pretty good in terms of who they've got. The biggest stump for a long time was Kenny Easley, but they got him in the seniors committee back five years ago. Man, I got to say, though, in a five-year stretch, he averaged 1,500 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns. To me, knew, that's a Hall of Famer I knew you right were going to bring bring something good for your Alabama guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. that's a Hall of Famer. I yeah. figured out who it was. Shaq Thompson. Oh, Shaq Thompson yes. out of UW. Yeah. As a senior... Uh, ran for oh where'd it go? Uh, ran for 456 yards and two touchdowns as a running back. He also that season played in the slot. He also played safety and played linebacker. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Pretty versatile. Yes. that's for sure. Uh, and uh, then uh, who are other free agents you'd like to see Denver sign before the draft? I mean, I want. I just want to see him bring Melvin Gordon back. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll sleep a little better. Melvin Gordon's still out there on the street. Yeah. I mean, now he has to be waiting until after the draft to right. try to help his value. Buy the team that doesn't get a running back that they want, then it boosts his value. His his value has to be as low right now as it can be. I only see it increasing, even if it's a little bit after the draft. And I wonder if, like, because there's the thing connecting him to Baltimore uh, earlier this month, I wonder if it's just – I really want to be in Denver. I'm going to I'm going to give them every shot here. Then He's made it clear he wants to be a Bronco. Absolutely. And then what that means though is you better be ready to take a, a big discount mm-hmm. now. This just reminded me. Were you surprised by our poll results yesterday? Uh, yes, also that poll mm-hmm. popped off. Yeah, it definitely created some conversation. Um someone on Instagram uh said <laughs> we were participating in 420 oh. um, by posting that poll. Um <laughs> I am shocked. 80-20-ish yep. is what it came out to. People no. would not trade Cortland Sutton, Draymond Jones, and a third for Debo Samuel. Yeah, and I think some part of that is having loyalty, fans having loyalty to, we love Cortland Sutton, we love Draymond Jones, we love our guys. I think we talked about this yesterday, how Debo Samuel is underrated still, even though how good he is, he's still underrated. A 1,400-yard receiver. I, I, I thought he was truly just bringing value as – not truly just bringing value. I thought so much of his value was being that uh, running back and wide receiver. Just as a receiver, 14 yards. That's – 1,400 yards. That's insane. Yeah, uh, though it did come out yesterday that part of the reason why he wants to be traded is he doesn't want to be used as a running back anymore, which definitely hurts his trade value. Yeah, but he's still a 1,400-yard receiver. But he's still a 1,400-yard receiver. Um, which is way up there. Yeah. And he is just a dog. Just mm-hmm. a dog. Um, so I, I'm not 
I think a lot, a lot another part is no one thinks it's going to happen. And so it's easy to yeah. vote no when you don't think he's because right. I guarantee you if the trade was made, everyone would say this is a great trade for the Broncos. Right, right, right. They'd be talking about another superstar added to the team. Right. I was glad to see the public had such prudence on this issue. Generally, I don't believe in the wisdom of crowds, but in this case, I do. When it backs you up is when you believe in the Pretty wisdom much, of crowds. Pretty much, yes. From Howler Bro Surf. Hi, fellas. Uh, who are some... The Broncos, you cons- you saw consistently have good training camps preseason that never fully clicked on the field. Anyone you really rooted for and wanted to succeed? For me, the go-to is Jordan Taylor. Haven't heard anything about him in a while. Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine did have some good moments in training camp. They're the often for- wide receivers over the I was going to say, the one for me yeah. is Cody Latimer. Ah, uh, yes. He it, always looked like a beast in, in training camp. Especially his first training camp. He was owning Bradley Roby. Yep. This is going back a minute. It's actually going back 20 years, but... Uh, I have fond memories of Frank Rice, the former Colorado State receiver, just absolutely balling out in camp. Mm. And then uh, more recently at running back, this was a decade ago, I remember Xavier Oman? Yes. Absolute preseason stud. I got one. Uh, D'Angelo Henderson. Ah, Mm. yes, big time. And I'll go running back as well. Mike Boone, last year he looked so good. Now, I'm not writing him off, but at least last year he was a beast in training camp and did nothing. But you always write him off because you're always saying, like, oh, you got to bring back Melvin. You can't go into the season with just Boone. I think that's how the Broncos view it. I don't think the Broncos view Mike Boone as that. I don't know why he didn't get any time. I mean, did he have one touch last year? Yeah, he did. Um, I think he actually got a jet sweep. Um, We know how those work out. And uh, I think he got a couple carries as well. Decent, you know, nothing special. I think literally like three or four carries. Do you remember Mace? Oh, God, I don't remember off the top yeah. of my head. It was it was very limited. Yeah. Obviously, he was injured most of the season. Um, I'm he fully four carries. I'm fully of the belief that he can be like I'll be completely content with him as the backup running back. Four carries for 35 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. There we go. That's my guy. <laughs> he has he has 84 career touches in 48 games played over four years. What's his uh, average per touch? Average, let's see, his average per rush is 5.5. His average per reception is 5.6. Give that man the rock. He was playing like that last training camp, and they never touched it. They never gave it to him. Well, because he was hurt. Uh, He was only hurt for the first five games of the season. Is that true? Yeah. I think. Do you have the stats? He missed, uh, let's see here, I have the game log here. He missed the first five games, and then he was inactive at Cleveland, inactive against Philadelphia, uh, DNP versus Detroit and the Bengals. And again, yeah. that could be all on the former coaching staff not knowing what they're doing. But one thing, especially I've been in this job longer, I've realized if typically if a player isn't seeing the field, it's not because an entire coaching staff is completely inept. It's because there's something else going on. I just think that they decided they're – it's not like it's some other uh, running back was getting the third carries. Mm-hmm. It. I just think they decided – um melvin and javante is our running back rotation and i always felt like when they signed mike boone last year he was being signed as the heir apparent to melvin gordon once he walked see that's what i thought too but then why didn't mike boone take some of that load off when javante was out for a week or or when when melvin was out for a week yeah i don't know it's weird uh from vash the man my boys, what is up? Just wanted to ask, now that Russ is our quarterback, will Tim Patrick be able to rise to an elite wideout? Or at least in my eyes, get the recognition as an elite wideout? Will he forever just be looked at as a really good wide receiver? Uh, or maybe I just have a man crush on him. Peace, love, and chicken grease. I'm out. I honestly don't think he's 
viewed as a really good wide receiver yet. Right. So I think he can be elevated from good wide receiver to really good or great wide receiver. He will not, I don't think, ever be considered an elite wide receiver. I completely agree with that. Uh, he's he's If everything goes right with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, he's going to be the third wide receiver. And in order to be viewed as an elite wide receiver, you got to have the stats. Be number one. Right. And when you are the third guy, or even splitting, it, it's going to be hard. It, I shouldn't say it's going to be hard, but... These guys are all going to have to ball out. I don't see one of these guys having 1,800 yards and the other two having 700. It's going to be more even. Yep. Uh, Broncos only says, I can't say I'm listening from Dover, but I drove through there once, and, man, it's in the middle of Della Nowhere. Ah, so bum. he's on uh, Ryan's side there. <laughs> Love hearing from you. It's not even a real place. Illinois uh, Bronco, I think, rounding us out here, says, what's up, guys? First things first, I can stand seeing all the hate thrown Mace's way on social media. If Mace left DNVR, it would hurt worse than us trading Vaughn, and I shed grown man tears when we traded Vaughn. Also, <laughs> I love hearing the stories of how others, how others found out about the news that we traded for Russ. The way I found out couldn't have been any more perfect. I was monitoring the Rodgers news all day and bummed when I saw he was staying with the Packers. I decided grading papers was the best way to get my mind off our QB situation as i was grading i heard a loud thump 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 from a student running down the hallway followed by a uh, sisler my last name check your phone i looked up to see Chisler. one of my, chisler the, i looked up to see one of my students sprinting into the gym you guys just traded for russ i quickly grabbed my phone to confirm the news i was over the moon and proceeded to stand up and yell let's go at the top of my lungs students Students start stared, but I was so excited I didn't care. Definitely a day I will never forget. I love the rhyme. Students stared, but I was too excited to care. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think if someone yelled to me, you guys just traded for Russ, I would think the Nuggets traded for Russell Westbrook. Oh, that'd get me <laughs> yelling. They get a lot of people yelling in Denver, that's for sure. <laughs> like, no! Right, right. They'd be yelling, though. <laughs> Although I guess it was past the NBA trade deadline at that point. Mm-hmm. Um Man, to me, like, I I was so just bummed by the idea of of Aaron Rodgers. Um, And little did I know better news was coming. Yep, and how crazy of a two hours it was. It's just so funny to look back, like, you know, weeks before we had done draft any available quarterback. (laughs) All three three of us put Russ Wilson as our number one, but if you go listen to the conversation, we're like, "Eh, it just doesn't seem realistic, but if you can have anyone... You know why we said it was so unrealistic is because it was so incredibly stupid for Seattle to trade him. It was. And they're going to just continue to look stupid for the next, for eternity. That's still the thing that I can't get past here is the most precious commodity in today's NFL and the most necessary commodity is a great quarterback who clearly has several years left in him based on how other quarterbacks have aged into their late 30s. Why you wouldn't just drop everything to build around him around that around the hardest thing to get you think it's hard you know it's hard is it hard to get a a, a lockdown corner as george payton said yeah it is it's harder I mean, to get you got one at nine yeah but it's harder to get the elite quarterback <laughs> it's so, uh it, it's egos mace the yeah. the seattle general manager head coach Pete carroll thought we're more important than this quarterback and so we're going to do it our way and the way they probably viewed it is 
look, when we won a Super Bowl, it wasn't because of Russ. It was that ground game we had. It was the defense we had. And they are just going to be sorely, sorely mistaken, and they're going to be kicking themselves. In fact, these guys are going to be fired or mm. you know, forced to retire in the next couple of years because they made that decision. But even then, he was a legit top 10 quarterback, probably top, uh, 100%. top six or seven. That's, that's not how know, they're viewing it. I know. It. That's not how exactly. Pete Carroll's taking the credit for right, it and saying it wasn't because of right. him. I mean, it was just – it was – Manna from heaven that they built this great defense, and then a, a, an outstanding quarterback dropped to them because he was five foot eleven. I want to see what the win total are set at for the uh, Seattle Seahawks this year. Pretty darn low. It's got to be low. Lowest in the AFC or NFC West. Pardon Where me. Are they? Oh, Seattle Seahawks. Let me get a guess from you guys. Um, I'll go six and a half. I'll, I'll go five and a half. Actually, All right, I'll go six and a half. <laughs> Split them. It's exactly at six. It's exactly. <laughs> what at would you six. have guessed? Um, just say you would have guessed six, so you can be right. No, I think I would have actually said I, I, I was wishful thinking that it would be too high, so I could bet the under. So I think I would have said seven. Mm. Okay, there we go, there we go. Uh, and the Seahawks and what they're doing is they are building up Drew Lock. We'll see what they do in a week from now, but they're tweeting out you know Drew Lock throwing little slants in and offseason workouts. Yeah. What's weird is that Drew Lock and Seahawks gear doesn't look weird at all to me. But Noah Fant in Seahawks gear looks pretty weird to me. Mm, why is that? I have no idea. Just like a mental thing. Like when I see Drew Locke and Seahawks, I'm like, yeah, that looks you right. Maybe. You have no idea? All right. Oh. Have no idea. <laughs> Here's my theory on it. You can feel free to say that it's complete bull. Um, Noah Fant came from Iowa. They had a real traditional uniform there. And if you're picturing him in something other than a Bronco gear, you kind of go back to college. Mizzou has had some pretty funky looks over the years. Mm. And it's like that it, That vibe sort of is kind of Seattle. It's a cool uniform, but it's a very unique uniform. It's possible. I think the main thing is we just haven't talked about it all that much. Like, we talk about the trade, and then we just say, oh, they're gone. See ya. Um, but obviously, the Drew Locke, when you talk about the trade, it's like, well, the Broncos now have Russell Wilson as their quarterback, mm -hmm. and the Seahawks now have Drew Locke as their quarterback. So it's like very one-to-one -one mm -hmm. type of thought. Whereas... You, when you see Noah Fant, you're like, oh, yeah, they traded Noah Fant, too. Right, right. You know how we always said when the Broncos make a big trade for a quarterback, it doesn't really matter who they give up, even if it was a Javante Williams or a Pat Sertan. People don't like thinking about that, but when the trade happens, fans are just going to forget about those pieces that are thrown in. What's crazy is inside the locker room, it's exactly what happened. Draymond Jones was talking about it. And, you know, uh, w when you found out that Shelby Harris was traded, how, how bummed were you? Because you guys were in the same room, good friends. And he's like, uh, it's part of the business. And, you know, <laughs> I, I wish Shelby yeah. well. But when we play the Seahawks, I I'm ready to whoop his tail. And it's like, that was like one of his best friends on the team. Yeah. And, and just that shows you how valuable the quarterback is. Even when, you, when your good pal is traded, it's like, well, okay, bye. I'm going to yeah, start that's winning. A man, yeah, that's exactly. a man who thinks better better me than him on the lifeboat. Yeah. 100%. That's, exactly. That, that it's it's self-preservation right there. And, and that's how he should think. Now, yeah. one other thing, kind of how we think of this trade and even how Seattle thinks, they didn't waste much time giving Noah Fant the fifth-year option. They picked it up without even having him in for a day of OTAs. So it was a no-brainer. It was yeah. $6 million, yeah. and plus the fact right. that he was part of the reason you're the centerpiece of the trade. To yeah. him, he's the center. To them, he's the centerpiece of the trade, I think. Yeah. Outside of number nine. Yeah, yeah. If Drew Locke works out, it's a it's a bonus for them. But Noah, Noah Fant is the piece of value that made them say, okay, at least we're getting something. And then Shelby Harris is going to be a, a good plugger for them. So. Yeah, but Shelby's on that last year of his deal too, right? 
Yeah, because or it was, no, because he resigned. La- he was a three-year deal when he resigned last year. Okay, so Drew's on the last year of his right. deal. Noah's on the last year of his deal. Shelby could be because uh, yeah. this is the second of third year. Right. But you're right; they do have one more year if they want to pick mm-hmm. it up. Okay, and then you get you get obviously you know the two first-round picks, which are the real centerpiece of the trade. But mm-hmm. um, not next year's. Didn't Draymond also say like he was like guys we got Russ and then people were like yeah, yeah. who got traded? <laughs> well, that's for everybody. There was probably for the heart probably went in their in their mouth a little bit. Yeah, right. Thinking, oh God, don't let it be me. Don't let it. Well, be Well, you know, me. Draymond went home. I don't know if he's married, wife, girlfriend, whatever. Whoever he talked to that night, he probably said they want an interior <laughs> defensive lineman. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't me. Yeah. Thank yep. God it wasn't and me. And I did hear that Seattle wanted him. Of course, yeah. Seattle wanted him, and and that was actually a couple weeks before the trade happened. Good job on on uh, George Payton, yep. because I would have just been like, who, who? oh yeah, you just do whoever you want. I I would have folded too. <laughs> yep, yep, mm-hmm. and not put up. I wouldn't have thought that I was like getting pushed around. I would have right. thought still I was pushing them around. Right, you're like, <laughs> yeah, Raymond Jones, right. Drew Locke, and Noah Fant. You, for real? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Even well, even Draymond Jones, Quinn Minerts is another guy who Seattle was interested in. There's sure. a reason why we kept talking about Draymond Jones, even when it was the Aaron Rodgers conversation, about Draymond being somebody who went back in a trade because pieces of value, young interior Cheap. pass rusher, cost control, drink, yep. all those things, and, and a I, premium skill. And on top of that, what did we just talk about him today? We talked about him as potentially a seventeen yeah. million dollar player. That's what he could be, and mm-hmm. the Broncos got to keep him instead of an older Shelby Harris. Love Shelby, but a ten million dollar defensive He's, line, I, nine I, actually. I mean, Jarrell Casey was here for so little of a time, and in the COVID year, we forgot about him. But I think Draymond's head toward a very similar career. The one negative memory I'll ever have of the Russell Wilson trade is how many people snitch tagged uh, Shelby Harris on me. Oh, because I I posted the meme that was like looking at who the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson, and it was the guy who goes, "Oh no!" Anyway, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. And then people were tagging, and Shelby. people were like, "Wow, you're not gonna miss at Shelby Harris." Wow. I'm like, "What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you?" <laughs> Shame on them. <laughs> Stop snitch tagging. All right, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Oh, super okay. last second super chat from Bojo. Make me hungry for pizza. Yeah, uh, oh. saw that tweet last week, Mace. Uh, really hated seeing that. Keeping you, man. We love you. Also, uh, we need that 1B with Pookie being 1A. Yep. He can't play 17 games. Yep, Mike Boone. Yeah. And, and Mike huh. Boone, or you can get that guy in the fourth. You can, you can get him in the fifth. Because, look, you got uh, you got your 1A in Javante Williams in the second. Yep. It, you didn't get him in the first. He wasn't a top five pick. You can get a, a good 1B in, the, in, the, in day three, and especially in this draft. Yep, but they've been looking at running backs. We know that they visited with both the Georgia running backs in the draft, for example. So mm-hmm. I think if they stand pat at 115-116 with those two picks in round four, one of them is a running back. Absolutely. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We will catch you tomorrow on the show. And once again, don't snitch tag on people. Flying cotton